Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. My goal for this podcast is to explain our times so that you can change your world. That's really what I'm about. That's really what I want to do is to help you understand the times in which you live so that you can make a difference in your world and the world around you. And so I don't mind getting practical. I don't mind talking details about how to live, how to thrive, how to survive, how to do well in our generation. We spend a lot of time talking about cultural trends. We spend a lot of time talking about politics, and that's fine. But sometimes I just want to get practical with you. And this is one of those times. I remember when my father sat me down when I was a teenager, we were living in Berlin, Germany. That was at the time when the wall was still up and we were behind communist territory, behind communist lines. And my father, who was a high ranking intelligence officer at that time, uh, said, look, there are things you need to know. Uh, Someone might try to pull you off the U-Bahn. Someone might follow you. You might have a squad car pull up suddenly and and, and some guys get out and try to coax you into that that squad car. And he taught me how to resist it and what to do and who to report to and all of that kind of thing. It was the practical information that I needed to survive. Well, we are living in very unusual times these days. Uh, We are living in a world that has changed dramatically, especially as regards uh, the personal safety of all of us. And so I want to just describe this for a bit and uh, and then talk about some practical solutions. Uh, I'm not an alarmist. I'm not a person who's trying to help people live in post-apocalyptic America or post-apocalyptic world. Uh, I'm not a survivalist. I'm not living in fear. I'm not in any kind of panic. But I do think that we need to think through the world in which we live. There was a phrase that was used after the Orlando shooting that really struck me. And it was that uh, Omar Mateen, uh, the gentleman who did the the shooting there at uh, Pulse, the gay bar in Orlando, and killed so many people, um, it was, the, the commentator said he was self-radicalized self-radicalized. Now, I have described that kind of condition before, but I haven't used those words. I'll probably start using them because this is the thing that I think we ought most be concerned about in our contemporary world. Uh, Most of us, most of you who are listening to this podcast are not going to directly encounter ISIS. You are not going to directly encounter troops on a battlefield. Uh, You are not going to uh, likely be kidnapped or likely have the threat of facing ISIS forces on a battlefield in Iraq or somewhere. But you are going to deal with the message of ISIS the message of extremist Islam, uh, the message of radical terrorism, as it permeates the internet, as it permeates our social media, and as therefore it impacts your region. It is quite possible for you living in who knows where, Des Moines, Iowa, Chicago, Bucksnort, Tennessee, um, Decatur, Georgia, uh, Austin, Texas. It is quite possible for a college kid, a high school kid, anyone to be suddenly uh, decide to listen uh, to the message of ISIS on the internet, listen to extremist mullahs, listen to extremist messages, and become self 
radicalized. Grab a kitchen knife, go buy a gun, go get in their car and intend to ram people and do damage. My point in saying this is not to inspire fear. My point in saying this is to simply identify reality and then talk to us about how we can prepare for such eventualities. If you are in an airport, if you are in a mall, if you are anywhere outside of your own house, there is a certain amount of threat. And the point here is not that we become hermits, that we hide away, that we lock ourselves in our house, that we live like isolationists or uh, live like survivalists in some post-apocalyptic world, but that we simply prepare for the problems around us. Uh, We are going to continue to live in a world where the self-radicalized, where those who have no connection with any terrorist networks, those who have never been trained by anyone, those who have no official uh, role at all uh, in terrorist cells or organizations worldwide, are self-radicalized simply because they have put on some earbuds and listened to a message on their iPhone, because they have watched videos on YouTube, because they They have watched videos from a radical website, and so they go out and do stupid things. They shoot up airports. They shoot up gay bars. uh, They go ballistic in, uh, in high schools and colleges. They do silly things. And when you add to that, uh, not just the possibilities of extremist Islam, but the possibilities of the mentally infirm and the enraged today, which is much of what we deal with. We've actually had the um, horror, horrible experience uh, of watching television personalities be shot uh, by the mentally infirmed who were fired by the same TV station that the that the television personality worked for and, and watch that shooting happen while an interview was taking place. So we live in an unstable world. We know that. We live in a dangerous world. We know that. And uh, we live in a world in which there is an ideology loose, which radicalizes, yes, the mentally unstable, but also those who are sympathetic with that radical message. And almost all of it is happening, or at least inspired, by things that are taking place online. So the point is, that to live in this world, especially with any desire to make a difference in the lives of people and not be prepared for the disasters that might happen, not be telling our families, our children, how to get through something horrible that might happen in a public place and to not be prepared in our own homes, our own finances, our own savings, our own defense mechanisms is just foolishness. Now, I'm a man who lives in this world to make a difference. I am not afraid. I am not worried. I'm not afraid of death. Uh, I am a Christian who believes uh, what, what you would understand all Christians believe about such matters. I don't believe that this life is ultimate. I believe that be, to be dead and absent from this body is to be with the Lord. Uh, I don't want to absent my obligations, responsibilities, and joys in this life. But if it happens, then I'm actually better off. So I, I, I'm not a man who's living in fear. But I do think that we all should be living in preparation. So I want to ask you some questions to ponder regarding your own life, your family, and uh, and I hope that these, I trust that these will help you to uh, prepare better to survive and yes, to make the difference that we're all about, uh, I believe, if we're gathering around anything that I do in this podcast. So envision for a moment that you are in the Istanbul airport when three men begin shooting the place up and and setting off explosives. Envision for a moment that you're in a public restaurant in Paris and someone begins to spray the room with AK-47s. Envision, for example, that you are 
um, in a public place, in a mall, in an airport, uh, on a street. Uh, envision that you live in Israel right now and that someone who is radicalized uh, goes running through a bus station with a kitchen knife stabbing uh, Jews and, and those who look like Jews, which would probably mean Orthodox Jews uh, in that situation. Imagine you're one of them. Now, what would your response be? We need to be teaching our children. We need to be making sure that we know on our own and our own minds what the appropriate response is. And I, I'm not going to get into the details of this in this podcast, but what I want to say, point one, here's getting practical, point one, envision the scenarios you might be in and know how to take shelter. If you're going to put your 16-year-old daughter on an airplane to go see a friend on the other side of the country or to go with her class to go to Europe or Greece, what have you, um, have you had any kind of conversation about what to do if she starts hearing gunfire in an airport? What does she jump uh, behind? Uh, what should she What should she attempt? Uh, you must have these conversations. You, if you just simply put a child or drive a child to a school, uh, even if it's a well protected private school, you need to have those conversations. What does it mean to take to take cover? Uh, what does it mean to uh, hide and to move away from the noise? Um, what are the precautions? Uh, these are conversations that you need to have. I don't want my wife going to the mall. I don't want my children uh, flying through airports uh, or being on the streets. They live in D.C. and New York. I don't want them to be on the streets in these very roiling cities without knowing how to do basic defense and protection. Okay, so that's number one. Envision the scenarios that you might be in and be prepared. I'm aware we, we aren't all going to carry weapons. I'm aware that we are all aren't going to charge the shooters. I'm aware that we aren't uh, all people who are trained in uh, the various forms of defense. But at a minimum, we all have an obligation to know how to take cover, to know how to move quickly, uh, to know how to run to safety. These are skills that we can learn, we can read up on, we can listen to experts about, and we need to do it. So if you are uh, in any of these categories that I've described, and you should be because I'm basically describing life in the Western world today, in the whole world today, uh, have the conversations. And in all of my life of leadership, I am stunned by what people do not talk about as families, um, as teams and businesses, the, the possibilities, the possible threats they do not discuss. Parents need to have the conversation and all conversations that are necessary to have with their children. So number two then comes down to if there is an incident in which your bank is hacked by Russian hackers, by Syrian hackers, by, uh, by Chinese hackers, and all of this has already happened in America. Uh, if, your, if your business is hacked, if your city government is hacked, uh, if, if the local airport, the local police are hacked. In other words, if there is some technological debilitation because of hackers, uh, what may happen is a dramatic interruption of services. So uh, now there are many reasons that interruptions of services can happen. Hurricanes, tornadoes, floods. We're seeing all of this happen on the evening news. Uh, of course, terrorist action. Most of you won't deal with that in your localities. Um, but then, of course, uh, hackers are becoming more and more of a factor, and they are hacking into huge systems. This is going on with regularity, and we're not hearing as much about it as we should. So 
in the same way that I want you to envision uh, some violent action breaking out in some public place where you or your family might be and, and teach people what they need to know to survive it, I want you also to envision what would happen if services were interrupted in your area, a flood a hurricane, a tornado, a, a dramatic plane crash, terrorist action that, that forces a lockdown for days on end, um, hacking, all of the scenarios that I'm mentioning. But picture that and picture that grocery stores are closed. Picture that you're required to stay in your home. Uh, picture that you have to live in your house for a long while. Picture that a natural disaster is causing you to have to live on what you already have in your home or, um, or what you already own without being able to venture out. Again, I'm not urging you to consider being a survivalist. I'm not asking you to live on a hill with a machine gun. Of course not. But I do think that there is a thing that we all ought to practice, and I've spoken about it before, and I make sure I do a podcast on this every year, uh, called the Grandma Strategy. The grandma strategy is simply the strategy that my grandmother uh, lived out, and that was having lived through the Great Depression, she did not want to rely completely upon the systems of her society. So she had money uh, hidden away in the house, and she had a pantry where she stored food, uh, where she and my grandfather could have lived for weeks at a time. And uh, she was prepared to live without the services that were available locally. They had, yes, a few guns in the house, but it wasn't any big deal. They did bird hunting and other kinds of hunting, and so it was normal to have guns. Um, and they had, like I say, a margin of food, a margin of cash. They had some of the skills they need. They had discussed what they would do with their neighbors if they all had to live a little bit in isolation and and maybe under the gun, under some threat for a season. Um what would they do if there was a flood? What would they do if there was a storm? I strongly recommend that all of you listening consider the implications of the same kind of grandma strategy for your own uh, lives. Do you have some cash in your home? Do you have some food in your home? Do you have ways of communicating with everybody in your family? If all power went down and therefore all iPhones computers, iPads went dead, for example. This is an extreme scenario. Do you have, for example, a radio that can be cranked up? Do you have a generator? Uh, can, you, can you survive for a number of weeks on simply what's in your home? I'm not advocating fear and panic and isolation. I'm just advocating wisdom. What happens if your bank gets disrupted? What happens if riots occur in your area? What happens if grocery store services are suspended? What, what would happen? How, how would you deal with that? And, and the youngest couple just getting started in the world, barely making it financially, can at least have some cases of bottled water, can at least have a little bit of food. I mean, it can be as simple as having some extra jars of, of uh, a peanut butter, for example. It can be a matter of having some vitamins. It can be a matter of having uh, you know, a little bit of money just stuck, behind, stuck in some secure place. Um, you don't have to arm up. You don't have to turn your home into a, an armed camp. But could you get through a day, a week, a month, six months with the food, the money, the, the, the uh, water that you have in your home? Uh, Bev and I do this, and it's nothing extreme. We don't have rooms stacked up with cans of corn or what have you. Uh, but we just simply make sure that we could get through a month or so uh, of any kind of disaster uh, without having to rely on anything outside of our own home. And we've got emergency radios that you ought to just have, even for a storm, uh, that you can crank up and so on. It's very simple. 
These things are online. There's not any big expensive thing you have to go buy, but everybody ought to have an emergency radio that they can crank up uh, by a hand crank and then be able to listen to emergency broadcasts. And those are available for 20 bucks on Amazon. So really what I'm talking about here is not vast amounts of money. I'm talking about just simple wisdom. We live in a world where hackers can disrupt almost all the social services that we have uh, become used to. We live in a world where unbelievable violence can break out in public places. We live in a world uh, where self-radicalized people can turn schools, malls, airports, even the public streets into killing zones. We can't keep horrors from happening in our age, but we can talk about it. We can lance the fear a little bit. We can prepare a bit. We can teach our eight-year-old not to panic, but to listen to his teachers and to know the wise ways to avoid, for example, the sound of gunshots on the street. Um, We can have discussions as a family about what we would do if we had to live without a grocery store or without our electronic devices for weeks at a time. Many people are having to do it right now because of tornadoes and floods. So again, what I'm urging is a calm, peaceful, God-trusting, approach to preparing for the weird times in which we live. I want to say one more time, I'm not an alarmist. I'm not in panic. I'm not in fear. I do want to help people live effectively in this generation, which means dealing with this new phenomenon of surprise violence, surprise upheaval, and surprise interruption of services. Does it mean having 19 machine guns? It does mean having some money, some food, a strategy, a plan, some conversations, a few skills, and a whole lot of prayer. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and The Miracle of the Kurds. His new book is Ask the Question, Why We Must Demand Religious Clarity from Our Presidential Candidates, available on Amazon. Learn more about Stephen at stephenmansfield.tv. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is directed by Isaac Darnold, who also wrote, produced, and performed the podcast theme song. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production.